0: What I think is really important is that we find a way to cultivate meaningful work in our lives. The gremlin there is letting go of supposed to. You know, work is supposed to suck. You're supposed to be miserable. And I don't think we have to find our entire, you know, buffet of joy and happiness at work. I don't. And I love what I do. Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future.
1: Hi, my name is Herb Lamba, and welcome to my podcast, where I will share practical insights from the world's best
0: authors. Knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we've got an absolute treasure of a talk from the always inspirational Brene Brown, delving into the art of crafting meaningful work. Now, I really wish I had stumbled upon this goldmine like 20 years ago. But you know what they say, better late than never. So let me share the 411. Meaningful work isn't just about your 9 to 5 job. Sure, that'd be fantastic, but it's not the only show in town. Lately, we've been talking quite a bit about mental well-being. And I wholeheartedly believe that integrating some purposeful work into your daily routine is a significant piece of the puzzle. And guess what? Brene Brown's got some powerful insights to share today. Let's plunge into her talk, soak into the wisdom, and on the flip side, I'll jump right back in to share a few more insights. Without further ado, here is the extraordinary Brene Brown.
0: Cultivating meaningful work, letting go of self-doubt, and supposed to. The last two guideposts were some of the two of the trickiest. The last one, we'll laugh when we get there. The idea of creating meaningful work. The best way I can talk about this is that men and women who are wholehearted do work that they care about. They feel a sense of purpose and passion around their work. Let me tell you what that does not mean. That does not mean that they go to the jobs every day that they have, that pay for their mortgage or their rent and their cars and their groceries and feel deep meaning and purpose around that work. What that means is if they do have jobs every day that pay the bills, that they don't feel deep purpose and meaning around, they do other things in addition to that. And there's a great book. It's not in print anymore, which is unfortunate. I reference it a lot in here. I saw her speak and I got very interested because it fits so much with my data. And it's called The Slash Career. And she talked about people, a longshoreman who was also a documentary filmmaker, a rabbi who was also a rapper, (laughs) an accountant who was also a jeweler. So one of the things I saw in my work around The Wholehearted is that a lot of them either had full-time careers that were very meaningful for them. They loved what they did. They found passion and purpose in what they did or they had slash careers. I remember speaking to someone once and the story is in The Gifts where she gave me a pair of earrings and I said, you're an amazing jeweler. I love these. And she said, I'm not really a jeweler. I'm an accountant, I'm a CPA. And I said, well, I'm wearing your earrings. She's like, yeah, but I don't make money doing that. I mean, I don't make that much. This is my career as I'm an accountant. And I said, but you're also a jeweler. She said, I am a jeweler. And I said, so you're an accountant and you're a jeweler. And she said, I am an accountant and jeweler, but I don't ever say that because we only get to be what makes money. And I think that's a real problem in our culture. There are There are a small number of people who have managed to be able to feed their souls and feed their families on their work but there are a lot more people who have found a way to do something they love or be a part of something they love that's driven by purpose and meaning in addition to work that they have. And for a lot of people like her, I didn't ask for this, but certainly that's creativity. And I would imagine for her, it's play. I mean, how many of you are familiar with Etsy? So for those of you who are not, Etsy.com, it's a place where you can sell your homemade wares. If you're a jewelry person, if you knit socks and scarves, if you sell paintings, photographs. And the interesting thing about the Etsy demographic is the majority of people who sell their goods on Etsy have full-time employment that is not related to what they're selling on Etsy. But they have found a way to cultivate meaningful work in what they do. Another great example of this are the people who volunteer. You know, yes, all day. I am a lawyer, And and there's some purpose in that and there's some meaning, but mostly it's a really great job and I'm good at it. But what I really love is I run the Habitat for Humanity project for my corporation. What I think is really important is that we find a way to cultivate meaningful work in our lives. The gremlin there is letting go of supposed to. You know, work is supposed to suck. You're supposed to be miserable. And I don't think we have to find our entire, you know, buffet of, joy and happiness at work. I don't, and I love what I do. I mean, I really love what I do. But some of it's just hard. I mean, I just turned in a book, and let me tell you, that is like, I don't know, I think it was Emily Dickinson that says like, cut your vein open and tweeze every word out of your, you know, blood or something. Whatever it was, it was not graphic enough to describe the process for me. Um, Like, I can't stand it. It's horrible. I mean, can you imagine? You have to write in total isolation. You realize that, right? And I write about connection in total isolation. All I can tell you about writing for me is that, I have. how many of you have done the tour at Alcatraz with the audio? Okay, it's the best tour, isn't it? It's incredible. So you go through the Alcatraz. If you go to San Francisco, it's not cheesy. It's so great. So you go to Alcatraz, you take the tour, you wear this audio, and the people narrating it are former guards and prisoners. Oh, it's just, but one of the things that they say that was so heartbreaking for me was that on New Year's Eve and those kind of nights, they were in their cells and they could hear the music and the laughter from San Francisco. That's how I feel when I'm writing. This is why I'm telling this story because I am locked away in my study and I hear my children laughing and I hear Steve like laughing with them and they're cooking dinner. And I'm like, therefore, comma, you know, so there are parts of my work that I hate. How many of you have parts of your work that you intensely dislike? alcatraz dislike. Right, I mean, yeah, yeah. But I also find incredible meaning in my work. And so if you're on the fence about, if you have the ability to feed your soul and feed your family or feed yourself with work you love, it's worth whatever you have to do to make that happen. It's really worth that leap. If you don't have that option, it is absolutely worth a leap of finding a way to express yourself and work in some contribution that reflects who you are. And you have the right to do that, even if you don't make any money and you have to carve away time from the rest of your life to do it. If you want to make candles and sell them on Etsy, we have the right to say, you know what? I'm sorry, kids, I can't do that tonight. Tonight's candle making out in the garage. I've got to get four new candles on Etsy. And this is a huge issue between partners. And then your partner looks at you and says, you sell those candles for $10. I'll give you $40, come back in the house. Really, I mean, you talk about, you talk about men and women who are trying to cultivate these careers and they're judged on what we talked about, productivity, money, and it's not about the $40, right? It's about the, you know, you keep the $40. Oh, actually, buy me some dinner with the $40 and bring it out to the garage because I'm going to be making my candles because this is a part of who I am and how I express myself, you know, and we get to ask for that. We get to say no this is not play for me. This is my work. I'm a candle maker and I get to make four of these a month and I'm going to make them and I need you to honor and respect that because it's part of who I am. And we have the right to ask for that. And we have to let go of the gremlin that says, you're only supposed to do things that make money. You're not supposed to take time away from other people to do things that are frivolous and not revenue generating, that don't make sense, that are flaky or artsy. Or, you know, I told my motorcycle club I was going to do the books for them. I'm the treasurer for the motorcycle club. Oh my God, you and your motorcycle club. You know, come on. You're a landscaper. You're not an accountant. You don't need to do the books. It's part of my work. It's important to me. Love writing with these guys. I'm the treasurer. I'm going to go do my books. It's important. It's part of who we are.
1: I don't know about you, but I just love that talk. What stood out to me is your job is not the only option for creating meaningful work. If you cannot find it in your job, nothing stops you from exploring other things that light you up And bring you meaning. This matters for so many reasons, especially if we connect all this to mental well-being. Creative expression and play have been linked to improved emotional well-being. These activities provide an outlet for self-expression, reduce stress, and contribute to a positive emotional state. Taking breaks for a creative activity or moment of play can recharge the mind and improve overall productivity. Engaging in creative work that positively influences others can unlock one of the most potent well-being strategies available. By serving others through your creativity, you shift the spotlight away from yourself. And finally, just think about it. The world's got its fair share of misery. Now brace yourself for this. Loads of people tie who they are to their job. And guess what? They hate everything about it. Now imagine you stumble upon something that lights up your soul. Something that isn't your main hustle, but brings out the best in you. Who says you can't rock a new identity? Who says you can't introduce yourself differently, not just to others, but to yourself as well? Your job doesn't define who you are. It's just a piece of the overall puzzle. Well, that concludes today's episode. If this is your first encounter with Brene Brown's work, I encourage you to look her up and check out episode 15 of this podcast, where I featured her latest book, Atlas of the Heart. Until next time, stay curious and keep embracing the wonders of knowledge. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Landmark. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.